Before each sermon, I usually ask us to remain standing and to pray for the Holy Spirit to come in great power. I'm going to ask you to pray extra hard today because I misplaced my sermon. So I really need the Holy Spirit. So let us pray that the Holy Spirit would come in great power and open our hearts to the truth of God's Word. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. So far, so good. Please be seated. Today we celebrate the fourth greatest feast of the church, the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ into heaven. Not only did God, in the person of Jesus, come into this world, not only has the Creator joined Himself to His creation in the person of Jesus, not only has He confronted sin and death Himself by dying on the cross, not only is He risen from the dead, but he has ascended into the heavenly places where he is seated at the right hand of the Father. God joined himself to humanity. We share something with God in the person that, of, of, of Jesus that even the angels of God do not share. And that is our humanity. The Creator entered His creation. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And so God has taken us into His heart. But the good news does not stop there. For sin and suffering and death reigned in this world over every person conceived in the womb. And so God in the person of Jesus, having joined himself to his own creation, having taken on human nature, confronted sin, suffering, and death himself in the flesh on the cross. And it wasn't long ago when we heard those words from our Lord, it is accomplished. It is finished. Having won for us victory over sin, suffering, and death so that death would no longer be the final word over us who put our faith and trust in Him for life and salvation. When we were conceived, we were conceived into a humanity that is apart from God because of sin. But God did not abandon us to sin, but rather came himself into this world to take upon his shoulders the sin of the world and to die in order to confront death himself in the flesh. God has 
given us something which by our conception we do not have, and that is eternal life. Prior to the coming of Christ, only death reigned. Death was our master. Death was the final word in this world, but no more. The final word in this world is the word of life and salvation in Jesus Christ. That is the good news that the whole world needs to know. That no matter how fallen they are, no matter how broken they are, no matter how deeply wounded they are, no matter what sins they've committed, that God so loved them that he came into this world for them. And he confronted sin and death so that it would not be the final word over him. Raise your hand if you have trusted in Jesus Christ for your life and salvation. Then death is not the final word over you. The word of God in Jesus Christ, he is the final word over you. Raise your hand if you have problems. Raise your hand if you're sinful. Raise your hand if you're broken, if you've blown it. If you've blown it over and over and over again. Don's going to start the wave. (laughs) But thanks be to God. Whether we are broken, whether we are sinful, whether we are fallen, whether we are wounded, whether we have committed sin, whether we betrayed God, ourselves, and others, whether we've hurt people unintentionally or intentionally. Thanks be to God, the final word in this world is not death, but Jesus Christ. And that's why we live, so that the world may know. But he was raised from the dead as a proclamation to all the world that death could not only not hold him, but that death would not have the final word over us. He confronted sin and death on the cross when he died for our sins, but when he was raised from the dead, we saw in that the resurrection of all mankind, so that death would no longer reign. When Jesus rose, it was a proclamation until the second coming for all the world that death is not the final word. And so we have a choice in this world. We can choose death or life, the world or the word. We can choose sin or forgiveness. We can choose despair or hope, darkness or light. We can choose to open our hearts to the crucified and risen Christ, who is the final word in this world. Do you know the last time I blew it? Well, this morning I misplaced my sermon, but... (laughs) It was there, I don't know. (laughs) 
The last time I blew it was today. You see, I'm always falling down, but it's the Lord who picks me up. And when I, sometimes when I fall, I say, Lord, I've fallen, and you know, I, I'm just, I'm so broken. And he says, yes, but that's not who you are. And that brokenness is not the final word over you. I am. And my word for you, Michael, and for you, Don, and for you, Diane, and for you, Greg, and for you, Diana, and for you, Joan, and yes, even for you, Praveen, Karen was laughing. I saw her. <laughs> that word is life and salvation. But not only did he rise from the dead, but he ascended into heaven. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead and Mary Magdalene went to grab a hold of him, he said, do not touch me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. When he ascended to the Father, he ascended in body and soul. And not only has God joined humanity to himself, not only has he confronted sin and death in the flesh on the cross, not only has he raised us up out of the grave so that death is no longer the final word over us, but he has taken humanity into the heavenly places where he is seated at the right hand of the Father and reigns and of his kingdom there will be no end. Whether fallen, broken, whether sick and dying, whether confronted with sadness or woundedness, Jesus Christ has taken you far above all creation and has bestowed upon you a dignity that is greater than even St. Michael the archangel. How incredible that on the one hand, God has raised up a race of fallen, broken, sinful people and has bestowed upon them a dignity by grace that is his alone from eternity. He gives us by grace what is his by nature. And he reigns. But you see, it's with that authority that we are sent into the world to make this truth known. But in order to do that, we must love the world. Not the ways of the world, but the people of the world. For there's not a single person conceived in this world whom God does not love, and for whom Jesus did not die. Think of the person who hurt you the most in your life. Loved by God, and for him or her, Jesus died. You see, why do I love my two daughters? Because God has 
given them to me and has entrusted them to me. And so it makes sense that I would love them for they are mine and I am theirs. And God has established that. So I love them. And see, we love sometimes people that we don't know. When I first knew that Christine was pregnant, I didn't know Sarah at that time, but I loved her. I prayed for her and I prayed for Rebecca before they even existed. I pre-loved them. Why? Because God gave them to me. But what about loving those who you don't have a relationship with? Well, I love my, my in-laws. I like to tease about it. But I love them. I love them because they're important to Christine, and Christine loves them. So even before I got to know them, I loved them because they were important to Christine. Every single person out there in the world is important to God. Should we not love those whom he loves if we love him? Sure, they're fallen and they're broken. So am I. Sure, they may have hurt me and hurt me deeply, but I can tell you I have hurt people and hurt them deeply. Sure, they're undeserving of love and forgiveness, but so am I. So why should we love them? Because he loves them. And we are to make the Lord known to them. Because he needs them. He can't imagine eternity without them. He desires for them to know his love. And yet how can they know unless we make his love known and his truth. Jesus sends us to make his love known. I ended my sermon last week with the words from Teresa of Avila, Christ has no body now on earth but yours. No hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the hands by which he blesses all the world. Yours are the feet. For Christ has no body now on earth, but yours. We are the ones who are sent to make the love and truth and goodness of God known in this world. We do not exist to open the doors and have people come in. We primarily exist for those who are not our members, that they may know the Lord. Christ has no body now on earth, but ours. This past week, and I shared this with you, I was called upon to do the funeral service for a two-year-old girl. A little one who died. A little one 
who died right next to our new chapel in French Hill. And on the morning that she died, on the morning that she died, we were in the chapel and there were about, I don't know, eight to ten of us who were in the Mass, worshiping God. And I was talking about the importance of baptism. And the Gospel that I read is the very Gospel that we have today. Mark 16, 14-20. And little did I know as I shared the good news of Christ that morning that I would be baptizing that little girl within just a few minutes. In the midst of things that I cannot try to explain to you, the death of a little two-year-old named Haley, a beautiful little girl, Christ was there because his church was there. She was baptized that day into Christ and wrapped in his love, love and marked as his own forever because his church was there. In the midst of the sadness of that mother and father whose hearts were breaking and are breaking still, Jesus was there because we were there. Paul is here because we were in that neighborhood. And you have been an incredible blessing to us. You see, Christ has no body now on earth. He has ascended into heaven. And so we are his body. And where we are, there is Christ. In the midst of sadness, in the midst of breaking hearts, in the midst of death, there is Christ where his church is. And if we were not there that day, had we not been faithful to the call to go into that neighborhood, only death would have reigned. And sadness would have been the final word that day. But not because we are worthy, not because we've earned anything, but only because God loved them did he call us to that neighborhood in order to send us to that home in the midst of that sadness and to say in the midst of it, I am here. It wasn't until the funeral while I was preaching that I mentioned that the very reason we would care is when we didn't know them is because they are loved by God and that this was why we go out into the neighborhoods every week. And then the 12-year-old sister smiled because she had received the gift bags that we left on her door. And the mother said, yes, we got the stocking." And I admitted that we bought it at the dollar store. <laughs> but that we cared because God loved them. There is a whole world of people out there just like this dear family with broken hearts, others who 
have broken lives, others who are sinful, others who are addicted to drugs, others who are addicted to sex, others that are addicted to pornography, others who are deeply wounded and hurting, others who have been abandoned by those they've loved and betrayed and hurt, all who need to know the love of Christ. And so he sends his church, you and me, By his authority, he sends us out. And what authority does he have? But the authority of one who has ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He has all authority. And it's with that authority that we are to make him known. If we exist only to fill these pews and we are missing our mission. We are here to be nourished with his word in the sacrament in order to go out into the world and make him known to the stranger because he or she is no stranger to God, but someone deeply loved by God and for whom Jesus died. So try with me Let's try something that is pretty difficult. Let's start loving those we don't even know. Because he knows them. And he loves them. And for them he died. Thanks be to God, who has ascended into heaven. Glory to God, who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen.